guys, I'm Ashley. And I'm Rachel. We're just two friends with trauma that can't afford therapy. Join us as we explore the weird, heavy, taboo, and lighthearted. And everything in between. We are Currently Currently Anxious. Before we dive in, Currently Anxious is for adults only, and our episodes may contain material that is hard for some listeners. Please review the episode description for more details. So did your anxiety manifest this week by moving your entire bedroom into the living room? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that's a Libra thing. I talked about it with another Libra and she said that for whatever reason, she thinks that Libras just constantly move things and they never feel at home. So basically they're at home where they are just at that moment. Yeah. That checks out. For what I know, like for how long I've known you, that definitely checks out. I've moved, I move stuff around constantly. I don't know why. It's an anxiety thing for sure. Nothing ever looks good to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just need that guy from Queer Eye, Bobby, to like come to my house and help me. We all just need the guys from Queer Eye to come and fix our lives. That's Honestly, what I if uh, JVN could just like be my best friend, that's all I need. I really am good with that. I love that. My anxiety has been pretty decent this week for, for the most you. part. For the most part. I really know... <laughs> That my anxiety is like spiraling out of control uh-huh. when I, I mean, like as a Virgo, I just like to keep things nice and organized anyways, but it's uh-huh. really, I know I'm spiraling when that goes to a next level. So for example, yes, there was one point when I had such a bad week of anxiety, no, like a couple, no, like a month of anxiety. <laughs> I, Ashley, I shampooed my carpet every other day. Wait, I think I don't remember that. <laughs> for like two weeks. But I mean, they were really clean. They were so clean. The lines, the crisp lines from the shampooer is the only only thing that got me through. (laughs) But that's why I know know my anxiety is so bad is because like I'll obsessively work on like one. So I just cleaned my carpets for like two weeks. I just, I'm all over the place. I'll either have to like stay immobile in my bed or but there's also a mix of depression as well oh, yeah yeah uh, it's all over the place I hate it I hate everything about it my biggest sign of depression I've had to learn this okay. is like when I stop doing my dishes uh, when I, I look at my sink. no I won't <laughs> oh this is not for everybody this is just mine when I stop doing my dishes people really like they like to gift me coffee mugs I have so many coffee mugs I love them all I love them all equally but it just means that like I don't have to wash them very often. And so like when I look at my sink and I have 47 coffee mugs <laughs> and like maybe one small plate because all I've done is drink coffee and like not eat food and like right. left all my dishes. Right. I'm like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not doing well. She's well. <laughs> so it's, it's not like I just lay in bed. Like I'll probably, it's mostly like laying on the couch doing whatever, but I'll like, you know, I'm still extroverted enough that I like make stuff work, but like that's, I'll come home and just one day it'll click for me and I'll be like, oh fuck. Oh, I don't, I'm not doing well at all right now. And then I'll like power through my dishes and then clean my carpets 47 times. So it's just this cycle back and forth. I feel that. Yeah. I, uh, like I said in my little bio thing, I change my hair color constantly when I'm anxious and then I I went and got cut recently Mm -hmm. and that lady was not happy with and because I bleached it so many times during quarantine like by yourself I bleached it that many times yeah myself. oh yeah okay like just I with really... bleach yes I take <laughs> regular bleach I don't know what your man cap the bottle <laughs> I don't know what your manic is I'm asking <laughs> just pour bleach on my head. you just sit in the shower 
that ever happens, please call me. You are really not okay. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I bleached it, I think, what, six different colors in quarantine? Oh, you did. It was, it was... I was unwell. <laughs> was anyone well during no. quarantine? I had a, oh, uh, a time last year. <laughs> I made... So you bleached your hair a bunch. I made a flow chart of what I was going to clean in each room. <laughs> You it wrote, was like you a, really wrote it down. Yeah, it was like a poster board size. <laughs> and I hung it on my wall. And it was like kitchen, living. I organized it by room. I got on my hands and knees one day and I scrubbed all of my baseboards. Oh my God. I yeah. think this kind of uh, goes to the point of one of the things that I had seen was that women are more likely to have. That was everywhere. Yeah. But my rebuttal to that, like, obviously we read that everywhere. It's everywhere. But like, is it only because women are more likely to get a diagnosed? Ooh. Because it's the same with almost all, because I read that too. And I have a note here about that. Women probably do have it more. We are just higher strung human beings, but I, (laughs) I wonder if it's also men don't feel comfortable going and saying that they have societal like Mm -hmm. norms that Mm -hmm. makes sense okay yeah okay that makes sense and then i guess another point to that i saw that more people who have a higher education are more likely to go to a psychiatrist so like i don't know that's that sounded bad because i'm like "Hmm, women have higher education that's not what i meant no yeah (laughs) i know what you mean yeah i found that anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness that feels right in the u.s 40 million adults in the U.S., approximately 18.1% of the population. Like How many? 18.1% of the population every year. Every year. So like 40 million. And then for, for anxiety disorders. So this is the thing. This is the thing. I'm sure we found different numbers because anxiety I mean, well, versus no, yeah, yeah, anxiety disorders is totally different. And I wrote down the one definition I found for it, which was... 40 million. Yeah, I wrote that. And anxiety is a problem... You get anxiety when something is a problem and you get overwhelmed and it's unmanageable. Yeah. But an actual anxiety disorder is it like completely disrupts your life and you cannot function. Yeah. So like, well, tons of us have anxiety. There's a difference between like having anxiety and actually being diagnosed and having an anxiety disorder. Well, and do you think those things can change over time? Because I would say last year I absolutely had an anxiety disorder then because it was something that disabled me from living. Mm -hmm. Like there were times that I would get in my car and then have to text the person that I was going to hang out with. Like, I'm sorry, I can't drive because my anxiety just spiked out of nowhere, you know? Mm -hmm. But this year I feel like I've been a lot better about it, but I don't know. Or it's a disorder and it just fluctuates with your, how well you can manage it. But this one is what I, I got, I got that, those numbers from the anxiety and depression association. Association of America. And this was from April 21, 2021. Seriously. And it also said that it's the, the most treatable mental illness, mm-hmm. but only about 39.9% of people get treated for an anxiety disorder. Wow. That's it's probably because we can't go to our, we can't afford to go to the doctor. I, I mean, love it here. Honestly. I love it here. I mean, I can go to the doctor for free, but then they bill me a bunch of money later. <laughs> And then I go, what? I don't, I don't have money to pay that. Put it on my credit. Oh, that gives me anxiety. That stresses me out so much. Yeah. You told me the other day that your credit score was really great. And I went, oh, okay, well, I'll just be over here. <laughs> I think that's just like a personality trait of a Virgo. It's like an Maybe. over 750 credit score. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> humble brag. Is it humble? It didn't feel humble. 
I'm not either. My debt to income ratio, my debt to income ratio is trash because I went to college and have a degree that I'm not using. I mean, what was your degree in art, right? Graphic design. I did it for a few years. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I would like to note, Megan pointed this out earlier. I cited one person. (gasps) I'm so proud of you. And then I stopped after that. So the World Health Organization. Perfect. Oh, I have some stuff from there too. Uh Uh-huh. But otherwise, then I stopped because I was like, this is a lot of writing. That's extra words and I don't feel good about it. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Okay. (laughs) What what is the who statistic you pulled? Because I wonder if it's the same as mine. More than 264 million people worldwide with depression as of 2020. Perfect. Lots of people. So mine was globally 284 million people experience an anxiety disorder. Yeah. Yeah. 63% female and 37% male. According to who? Like who? The World Health Organization. Oh, like, <laughs> who? Tell me, owls? <laughs> I also have this one that's from the National Institute of Mental Health, yeah. which was uh, 16.2 million adults at le- have at least one depressive episode, had at least one depressive episode in 2016. That represents 6.7% of the U.S. adult population. I mean, honestly... And that was 2016. Imagine last year. Well, imagine 2017. I had at least seven depressive episodes. Well, yeah. And it definitely depends on what you're going through. That's for sure. But last year, man, for everybody involved, everyone was a little depressed being stuck inside. That's for sure. Yeah. It's just crazy to think that while that was like a collective experience for billions of people, Mm -hmm. like you have to then remember that like real life stuff was also going on in their lives. Oh, absolutely. So it wasn't just... Everyone still had to live regular life traumas while living through a global trauma. And uh-huh. I think about my grandma a lot because, well, and you, uh, <laughs> both of you, within, within the same week, Dalton died. Yeah. Actually, it was the day after each other, I think. Yeah. Um, Dalton died and my grandpa died. Mm-hmm. And to go from that, from the first week of February to like four weeks later, I don't, I can't, I physically I mean, cannot. November... I had, like, end of November, I just stopped using drugs, and then Dalton died in February, and then immediately, a month later, I was shoved into quarantine, and I was like, please, somebody help me. This is is where I die. Like, this is the end of me. Okay, that's something I do want to ask you. Physically, what does it feel like for you to have an anxiety attack? Or, like, some form of anxiety? Does it physically hit you? Does it mentally hit you? How does it work for you? I've had both. So, I've shared, I don't know if I've talked to you about about this I don't remember so the summer before I turned 26 mm-hmm. so just a year so after Corey died I went on the Rachel's farewell tour to being on her parents insurance uh-huh. um, <laughs> and so I like hit all of the like doctor's appointments I could That's the best. <laughs> okay. but I hadn't been into a doctor's office since Corey died yeah I was fine I was in the waiting room I filled out all my paperwork I get back to the room and I change into the gown and I sit on like the paper on the chair bed thing and I started to sob like just uncontrolled I couldn't breathe I couldn't I couldn't do anything so that was probably the worst physical anxiety attack like anxiety panic attack I've ever had the poor doctor that came in was just because I'd never seen her before because I we had just moved to Arizona like I she'd never seen me before so this poor lady walked in and I had plans to have her sign some paperwork to have Oswald be an emotional support animal. Yeah. But when I was in there, she was like, is there anything else? And I'm like hyperventilating. And she was like, you know, you have to give like, and spiraling a little bit here. I, right after Corey died, my doctor from like, when I was like in Wisconsin, 
I went and saw her because I like physically, I couldn't get onto the airplane when yeah. my mom and I were flying back. And she, I was like, I think I might need meds, like, which is a weird thing, like a, to kind of acknowledge, but yeah. like, I love flying and I love traveling. And the fact that like to get onto this airplane was horrifying to right. me. I was like, I think I need medication. So I saw her and she gave me Zoloft, which I feel like is a little bit not exactly what I needed because I wasn't necessarily like, I, I used it for like six months and then it just totally made me not feel anything about anything. I don't it, see. That's why I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. And I then I felt numb. No. And then I felt guilty because I was like, my boyfriend died six months ago. I should not feel anything. Right. But like, and so I, I stopped taking it. And so when I was going over that with this new doctor down here, right before my, my birthday, she asked if I had ever been in it. You know, I tell her and I was like hyperventilating and I was like, but I think I need something for in the moment stuff. And yeah. she was like, I, I think that you do too, which, you know, end of the day is a Xanax, which is a hard prescription to ask for because it's so abused. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but thankfully I had like an actual legitimate panic attack. And so she was like, yeah. Yeah, honey, you do need this. <laughs> this poor lady I then didn't see for two more years. And I just saw her. I virtually saw her like Aww. six months ago. And she's like, all right, what's going on? And I was like, everything's good. I just need a refill. <laughs> and she's like, okay. She's like, it's been, you know, almost two years. So I don't think you're abusing. Wow. I don't think you're abusing the oh, 15 yeah, pills all. I prescribed you. Not so yeah, but she remembered everything. She was so sweet. She was like, have you dated anyone? She was so, she's such a nice lady. I probably made a real impression on her. Sweet of her, though. Yeah. So that Mentally. was that was the most physical one I've ever had. Mentally, it's just like I spiral and I do worst case scenarios. Okay. Like I literally just like I won't be able to sleep, which I already have a problem with. So I'll just lay in bed and think about how like financials. Like I'll be like, oh my god, I have so many bills. I don't have enough money. I'm not. I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to have to move home. I'm going to have to ask my mom for money. I don't know how. Like which is not true. I've never been to that right. place. But it's just every worst case scenario goes through my head. Like, Absolutely. oh, my grandma didn't answer the phone today. So like, it's just, that's yeah. more so what my anxiety is. It's just this complete lack of being able to shut my brain off at okay. all. Okay. And I get that. That definitely makes sense to me. What about you? Um, it, I think it depends on what it's about, where I'm at in life, what I've got going on. Last year, um, I was also 26. <laughs> What a time to be alive. What a time. Um, So I have really physical anxiety. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I was an addict. So my brain chemistry has just changed, you know? Mm. So being addicted to pills, I never wanted to go on any anxiety medication because I don't want to take anything. I don't take ibuprofen anymore. I barely take allergy medicine anymore because it it physically makes me feel super anxious. And I think it's just the that you're taking a pill like you were when you were abusing. So now my brain just goes, what was that? You know, but I will say a lot of the stuff that I was going through, I felt like a lot of people didn't go through. And so I had to do a lot of research. I had anxiety in my feet a lot and my feet would start moving and twitching and I had to rub them together a lot. And it was just kind of a weird thing that wouldn't stop. Like I couldn't get my feet to stop. And that was driving me insane. I had a problem for a while in my right leg where I felt like I didn't have any blood circulation, Okay. but I looked that up and apparently that is very common with anxiety. You feel like you're not circulating blood, which is weird. And I thought I was having a heart attack or something along those lines. I had a bunch of panic attacks. I had to call my mother at 2am. Thank God, mom. I love you so much. Uh, (laughs) A lot because I, I thought I was dying. Like I legitimately thought my life was ending because I had to, I couldn't, 
I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And when I did move, I was pacing back and forth, yeah. just freaking out physically. And I, I didn't know how to fix it. So I eventually finally went to the hospital last year in like July, uh-huh. I want to say. And I remember you talking about that because... It was in the middle of like our shutdowns. Yeah. And you were like, I don't want to go to, you're like, but I remember us talking about that. I waited in the parking lot with my mother for probably an hour and a half before my mom basically pushed me out of the car. Uh, And I went in because I had to go in alone. And then basically I went in alone. Also shout out to Chandler Regional because holy shit, they were the best hospital ever. Even though all of them asked me if I wanted to kill myself, but it was fine. Well, they do that. (laughs) They do that. I mean, I've never had so many people at once be like, hey, you good? Do you want to, should we take your riser blades? What's going on with you? Like, it was a problem. What really struck me is, you know, most people know when you go to the doctor for just a routine, anything, they make you fill out some paperwork. Yeah. There's always those questions, like on a scale of one to five, like how badly, like how, how much do you stress about everyday stuff? You know, that you answer all those things. Super easy when you're just writing it down. Do you want to know it's less easy when they have to ask you over the phone because you're doing a virtual doctor's appointment and you have to say out loud how often these things are happening to you, you don't get to disassociate as much. Yeah. And that happened like six months ago. And Nobody I had, asked me anything about it. Yeah. Well, I was also, my appointment was mainly to get my refill. For oh, my okay, okay, okay. So, but it's, it's a lot more like eye opening when you have to say on a scale of one to five, a four for like everything they're asking yeah. you. And then bless my doctor's heart. She goes during our point. She's like, okay, so I'm looking over the notes and she's like, have, have we ever, have you, we thought about, or have you, have you thought about maybe having like a daily medication? And I was like, well, <laughs> I had one and I didn't like that. It made me numb, but I think that it was more, that was more so just like for the depression aspect of it. Yeah. I probably do need a daily anxiety medication. I took one, no, two pills. I took, it was, um, the generic version of Prozac. Okay. And I just got it online because I didn't want to go to the doctor. It was last year. They prescribed me like 20 milligrams. So like the highest dose you can get, basically. I took one pill, felt really high. Yeah, that's not great. And then the second day, I was like itching to take another one. Oh. And so I was like, can't do that. Gotta stop that. And I had a panic attack on my bed for three hours straight. I couldn't move. It was like, I felt like my, um, my limbs were were almost clenching. I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It was the most horrifying thing that's ever happened. Oh my god! But I will say, if you're having anxiety, go to the doctor because the, yes. them just telling me that it was anxiety and not me dying was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me uh, as far as this year and, and yeah. getting better. Because I I really I was like something's wrong with my thyroid. Something I like something's wrong. And they checked my blood. They did what they could and. It's just anxiety, yeah. you know? And as much as that sucks to have anxiety and it just be anxiety, at least you know. And yeah. then you can go from there. You know, that's that's the hardest thing. As another, like, PSA is also, like, definitely look into what you get prescribed and, like, what the side effects are and what the dosage yep. is. I'll touch a little bit on that when we talk about our Corey and Dalton stories because yeah. there are so many times that, like, you just get prescribed stuff and you're like, cool, a doctor told me to take this. It's supposed to help. And you need to also like be aware of what, what the downsides of those could be. So even with like the Zoloft, like I was clearly, I was not in a good state to make any sort of decisions, but like six months later, I was like this, I did my research. I was like this, I don't feel good. I don't. And like, it was such a relief when I finally weaned myself off of it is because I like finally like felt 
sad again. And I was like, oh my God, I like needed that. Yeah. So just like, remember that too. Just, mm-hmm. just make sure you know what you're putting in your body. Absolutely. And that's why I've gone so far the other direction. Like I didn't know I had anxiety or depression before because I didn't realize that I was numbing myself with drugs and alcohol. And I didn't realize I was doing that. And for a long time, like since I was 21, I've been drinking consistently. And so after when everything was gone and I wasn't able to do any of that, like all of it came flooding, you know, and that's, that's a hard thing to do is when you're trying to better yourself. And then all of a sudden the anxiety and depression becomes 10 times worse because you don't have anything to numb yourself anymore. What's fascinating to me is like it manifests for people so differently, Mm -hmm. like so incredibly different for everybody. So I was thinking about this when I was like just thinking about this episode and what we could talk about on how there are things that like make other people so unbelievably anxious. A yeah. big one is flying. Like a big one is I couldn't do Yeah, that. and I, to me I'm like I don't understand. My yeah. whole my whole motto is like fuck it. If this plane goes down, I was I was doing something and going somewhere I wanted to go. Like True. that's I literally but have so But you didn't get to go. <laughs> but I have no anxiety about it where it was like other people do you know our anxieties are also based off part of our like lived experiences. Yeah. So I am constantly in fear that everyone around me is going to die. I get that. Um, and that's another reason I didn't want to go to the hospital. Cause I was like, this means I'm dying. Oh God. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like I, <laughs> for a good year after Corey died, like I would wake up in the middle of the night and make sure Oswald was still breathing. Yeah. Cause I was, I literally, we've shushed those voices. A little. As we do. We've miled yeah. them out. Like yeah. I, I understand that that's like life. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But I still, to the, I get a phone call and I'm like, who's dead. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. I fully get that. And you're four years later, you know what I yeah. mean? So the fact that, yeah, it's, it sticks. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, what have been some things that have helped non-medically with your anxiety? Um, honestly, becoming a vegetarian, which I think a lot of people think is silly <laughs> because the way I explain it and how I stumbled across it, people are like, eh, that's dumb, but whatever. So I watched this video about anxiety and depression because I was basically looking up anything and everything to make me feel better. And this guy had said something about how if you stop eating meat, you will feel better anxiety wise because when animals are killed and they are harmed and they can feel that it sticks into the meat, their sadness stays in the meat and then you eat their sadness and you become sad. (laughs) Girl, whatever works for you. So I felt a lot better since becoming a vegetarian. (laughs) And like... My whole thing, and we talked about this with tarot. I think we did. Maybe I just say this to other people. Even if it is just like mind over matter, effect kind of thing. If it makes you feel better, then who the fuck cares? Yeah. Like the same. I was I was getting into it with one of my friends. They were like, "Mediums are worthless. Like they just steal your money." And I'm like, I don't. If it makes you feel better, yeah. and like you don't have an, a problem, like spending all your money going right. to. If you're doing something that makes you feel better, whether it's mind over matter or actually better, like, Mm -hmm. why would it matter? And I will say therapy did help me for a while there. Now, it's just really, it's kind of expensive. It is. So if you can't afford it, I get that. But I know... That's why we started this podcast. Honestly. But also, (laughs) I feel like if we get a sponsor, the first one's going to be Talkspace or BetterHelp. So hey, I went to BetterHelp last year (laughs) for like six different therapists. Great job, guys. Uh, I'm a little bit better. But yeah, I feel like, and that's another thing too, is finding the right therapist. I went through like six last year. Well, that's what so many people, they just give up. Mm -hmm. If like their first one's like, they don't connect, they just give up and they're like, therapy can't help me. And it's like, no, no, no. Or they feel bad. They're like, well, I don't want to, I feel bad saying I don't, that 
that I don't want to go to this therapist. And they're like, they don't care. No. Like, they equally want you to find someone that's going to mesh with your personality. I had a really great therapist. And technically, she still is my therapist. I have not gone in a while because as she has progressed in her career, she has gotten more expensive, right? So. She was amazing though. She was, she's absolutely amazing. And I, and I should probably schedule like a, a, like a checkup yeah. <laughs> because a lot has changed. Like when, like, and I have a lot of like childhood trauma, fun facts that we'll probably get into. Like my biological dad went to prison. Like yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot, I have a lot of like childhood trauma, like all these things that like I was able to finally unpack. Right. With someone that wasn't just like a friend and that yeah. someone that would like actually challenge me to think about how I could be better and like how I could just understand those things better. Yeah. So 10 out of 10 for therapy for sure. It's Honestly, just, it's just hard to keep up on because it is expensive. Yeah. And it does really take like I, on the childhood trauma thing, I have father issues. Clearly I deal with men, but it took me getting a male therapist to actually start to unpack some stuff. And I think that was weird for me. That is weird. Because I was like, well, why do I feel like I need to talk to a man? But at the same time, it was kind of like that fatherly figure kind of telling me, you know, and I don't know, and it might not be for everybody, but I felt like having a male to talk to was easier for me than talking to a woman. Hmm. But I also think that women are a lot more judgmental. So I was like, and my therapist, (laughs) my therapist was younger. She was not very many years older than I was, which I think that helped me. Yeah. Was it was more so I felt like I could say some of these things and like that, that an older person like maybe wouldn't totally understand. Like when you talk about fucking tinder and shit and yeah. like dating modernly and stuff like that so that was the one thing i had to like not say to like a male person i think was like sexual tidbits i was like i don't feel like i can say any of that to you because that just feels weird to me yeah <laughs> i don't know i think you just maybe have a male therapist and a female therapist and like an animal therapist and and, and just cover all your bases yeah speaking of animal therapists do you feel like your kitties helped you? He is an emotional support animal. He has his paperwork and everything. So no one can tell me I can't have him. He is the best thing that's ever happened. But I will say my animals definitely helped me. Me, Mal, my other cat who never comes out, she has been through literally everything with me. And I feel like without her, I would I would lose it. Yeah. I would absolutely lose it. I mean, I'm sure with Oswald too. You oh my God. have to feel he feels your anxiety. <laughs> he feels my anxiety. I've created an anxiety-riddled menace. I, I really have. I remember one time I went over to your house and was taking care of him. You were going somewhere. And then I had the worst anxiety week probably I've had in a hot minute. Not this last time, but it had to have been like three or four times ago. And you were like, man, I'm so sorry. I should have saved my house because I know Oswald's anxiety is making you not feel great. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like Oswald's really just kind of affecting me right now. <laughs> Yeah, but then I have to, like, give him credit, right? So he was abandoned. Like, we rescued him. So he was only a couple months old when he got abandoned. Yeah. He was at the rescue for, like, four months. Mm. And then we adopted him. Brian and I had a roommate at the time who also had a dog. And literally the March of 2017 was an absolute disaster. So at the beginning, in the beginning of the month, my roommate's dog had to be put down. Like, she died who was like Oswald's only friend. Like yeah. he had grown up with her. And then literally eight days later, Corey died. <gasps> then three days oh later, I threw all of our stuff into a suitcase and took him to Wisconsin. And we were there for like a month. And he had my sister's dog and my sister's cat that he played with. Then I picked him back up and brought him down here. The day that I brought, like we got back to Arizona, Ashley literally makes me want to vomit because 
he was so excited to get home and you could just see he thought everyone was still gonna be there and so like i opened my apartment door and he just like ran around searching every room and it was horrifying and then he slept in Corey's shoes for like a month yeah so i have to like as anxiety as much as he's annoying with his anxiety and his crying i like i'm like buddy he doesn't you can't explain any of that to him he's like what happened i don't understand I've never had anyone, like, treat my animals and, like, be respectful to my animals like Dalton was. And me and Dalton would make the bed every single morning so the cats wouldn't get on the sheets. And we, like, would tuck the bed, like, everything in just to make sure the cats wouldn't get on the sheets. And then once Dalton passed, Ice King figured out how to get under the sheets every single day and slept under the freaking blanket in the sheets. And I was like, how the heck? He's going, you couldn't have, you couldn't have stayed in the bed better, huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, what I would literally not have made it without Oswald, especially those first few days. Cause like he, I lived on a third floor apartment. So like I had to take him outside every day. And it was like the only thing that like encouraged me to get moving. I just had cats laying on top of me the whole time. Yes, Megan. I feel like I need to like raise my hand. Like, I don't want (laughs) to interrupt you guys, but (laughs) talking about support animals, my cat baby can actually sense my panic attacks before they happen. Oh, that's cool. I mean, and kind of shitty. <laughs> so she'll just, she'll come up to me and she'll like try to meet my eye line. And I'm like, what the hell do you want? Like, I fed you. Like, <laughs> I am what? Busy. And then she'll like hop up on me. And then within 30 seconds to a minute, I feel the panic attack come on. And I'm like, wow. you little shit. Like, stop <laughs> predicting this. <laughs> That's wild. Baby is the black one, right? Yeah, she's my little familiar. That's cool, though. I love that. What about your snakes, Megan? Ah, you have snakes? I have two snakes. I I feed them frozen thawed mice, so they're not live mice. It took me, because I'm vegetarian, too. It took me a long, long time to come around to, like, feeding them frozen thawed mice, but they have to eat, too. And that's... Do you want to make my guinea I'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> anyway her snakes are too big are too little to eat a guinea pig yeah they're like they're pretty small their uh names are biscuit and muffin and they're Cute. they're ball pythons but what's actually helped me with having the snakes is when i'm holding them and i have to have all of my attention on the snake because you have to keep looking at their movements to see whether they're comfortable or uncomfortable or where they're going, it's made my anxiety come down like 10 notches because I'm... Oh, that's cool. I'm like having to focus on one thing at one time and not like a million things at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too is like finding something that keeps your focus enough to like calm you down. Do you have anything that keeps your focus enough to calm you down? I... Honestly, my, and this isn't a healthy coping coping mechanism, but I just like disconnect. I'll literally just like throw myself into like an audio book and like a game on my phone. Okay. Just so like I have something that I'm listening to, but something that I'm mentally focusing on too, Mm -hmm. or I'll clean. Or sometimes I'll just like play with Oswald, but I don't really have, my my anxiety and panics usually happen like as I'm going to bed. Mm -hmm. That's like the most common time they happen. And so what I what I, I think that I really I do is I stay up super late. And so that like by the time I do go to bed, I'm exhausted. Yeah. And so it's only like 10, 15 minutes for me to fall asleep. That's probably just self-reflecting right now without having like really thought about it. That's probably what I do is I just like wear my I get exhausted enough where I just like will go to bed. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. 
I mean, I have a few of those things too. I feel like I'm trying really hard not to rely on social media based things because yeah. I know I was like a TikTok freaking person scrolling through that for hours oh, last year. So especially. easy to disassociate with TikTok. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of my coping mechanisms were like super unhealthy, especially last year. Like sex was a big one for me last year. I feel like that was not a really great thing, but like it helped my anxiety in yeah. the moment. It really did. But then it created more anxiety after the fact. Ooh, I just thought of something I do. Okay. My friend Allison was the first one to point this out to me. When I am spiraling, when I feel like my world and my earth and my life is out of control, I start planning vacations. You do that. Yep. You really do. Or like, and last year was not great for you. <laughs> no, it was not. I was unwell for a while. So five days before I, w- I had planned an international solo trip to Norway. And five days before I was supposed to get on a plane and leave, we had the whole yeah. travel ban happen Imagine and go into place. stuck there though. Like no. also great. But I would have loved it. Yeah. I, I would have found like a Kristoff. I would have thrived over there. I would have thrived. I do constantly think that the love of my life is going to be someone that's not in America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I go, hmm. my absolute goal is like meeting my soulmate, like at an airport. Yeah. Yeah. But that's my goal. Um, but that's what I do. So my friend Allison pointed it out to me. Yeah. Because I started like messaging her and being like, hey, do you want to go to Disney? Yeah. And it happened enough times that she's like, are you doing okay? Yep. So now when I, so now anytime I text anybody about being like, hey, what do you think about going to um, like Napa for my birthday? Someone's like, are you okay? You doing all right? Yeah. Sometimes I'm doing okay. Sometimes I'm not. I want to start traveling and doing that, but that is one of those things that gives me a lot of anxiety is driving in a car and going to Washington in what, like two weeks? Oh, okay. Three weeks. Oh, that's great. Um, anyway, I'm going, but I'm terrified of what my anxiety is going to do. Are you driving? Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I can't get in a plane. There's like no way. I've, I'm try- I've tried to talk myself into it like, okay, would you rather spend three days or two days in a car or two hours in a plane? And I just can't figure out how to get myself on a plane and in the air and not. Especially by yourself. Especially by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, like I said, I want to go to every single state at some point in the next couple of years. Just to say I've seen every state. Yeah. Because I don't think I'm going to be able to go out of state. Out of state. Or out of country. Oh, I was like, wait. (laughs) Out of the country. You don't think you'd be able to, like, get to that place? At least flying? That's a long flight. Well, uh... Do we bring up this racy topic? I'm not vaccinated. That's oh. my reason. Well, that's not going to be forever, I don't think. That I'm not going to be vaccinated? No, 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 no. Oh, I was like, yeah. no. <laughs> that, like, other countries ban people from coming there. I hope so. I wear a mask everywhere. Just yeah. let me in your country. Yeah. You're not an no, anti-vaxxer. if you feel like that's what you need to do, yeah. absolutely do your thing. I'm terrified. And it makes me, I, okay, because of the drugs, all right, anything that goes into my body, I'm terrified of. Yeah. So I just, I, I would lose it. The minute that needle hits my arm, I would lose it. And I'd probably mentally give myself a panic attack. Well, and that's the thing too, is like, you can also mentally give yourself, um, like side effects and shit to it. Right. Like, you know, and so I if, would. if you, and I would, yeah. <laughs> And so, so, you know, we are, we are a safe space here. Yeah. We're we safe love space everyone here. the same. Yeah. Uh, if you want to do that, if you don't, do your thing. It's just um, your body of choice. I think that we talked about some of our healthy anxiety coping mechanisms. 
Do you want to touch on any of our unhealthy anxiety coping mechanisms? Maybe you don't have any. I have some bad ones. Well, I said sex. That was a big one. Right. What else are unhealthy ones? I drink. Yeah. I drink. I can't anymore physically, yeah. so I just I, I drink pretty heavily. I have it right now. I'm so proud of you. She's on a juice cleanse, you guys. Yeah. I'm like a week and a half, no no booze whatsoever. So proud of you. But that's, that's one of my worst coping mechanisms for sure is I drink. I would if my body didn't reject it. I absolutely would have been drinking. What's so frustrating to me is like, I know I feel so much better. Everything, I sleep better. I feel better. Everything is better when I don't. So like I don't, and like I know that alcohol is a depressant. I don't understand where, Um, where I lose that like. I'm pretty sure tequila's like the one upper and you drink tequila. Fucking love tequila. I feel it. Fucking love tequila. (laughs) Tequila has never done me wrong. There you go. You see? You see what I mean? Tequila will always welcome me back with open arms. There you go. I've never blacked out in my life and then I had too much tequila and I blacked out. Mm. And some bad things happen. I love it. Or I was told that. Yeah. But that's like where I get so mad at myself is I'm like, I know that I don't feel well when I do these things. And it's like, what, like a two or three hour, like I get to be drunk and like for a full day hangover. Honestly, it's at least a day at this point that I lose. Because I tested, I tested having one glass of wine and I got super, super bad anxiety. And the entire next, I want to say two days, I felt horrible. Yeah. Just horrible. Like, why would I, why do I keep doing that? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, anything else? Um, let's see. What else do I have in here? I didn't mean to say, um. (laughs) Someone else also pointed out that I say like too much. So I'm very sorry about that. Apparently I cuss too much. Someone said that. Rachel doesn't cuss a lot. And you cuss a lot. I'm sorry. I'm fucking sorry. <laughs> and I was well, like, fuck that. I was like, don't worry about it. I'll fucking cuss some more then. We'll even it out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It Born from um, if anybody wants to give us feedback on the episode, just go ahead and email us That's at currentlyanxiouspod at gmail.com. And, um, and um, like, we'll get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really fun. <laughs> Um, there it is again. So I never, I don't think I ever negatively coped. I mean, like I have done some drugs, but I've never used that as like a coping mechanism where I was like doing them daily. When I, okay. When I was doing them, I didn't realize that's why I was doing it because the first time I ever did anything dumb was basically really bad peer pressure. Mm. And I was very against all of that. I was, I literally made my ex stop using it because, or Coke, I guess I should say, because I was so against it. And then the fact that I become an addict was so wild to me. Like, and I, it was never, it was never a coping or addiction thing for me. I, I just, didn't think it was until after. And then I just didn't realize. Yeah. No, even after. Yeah. Cause I, how long, I mean, you just, don't I don't, I don't, I don't have an addictive personality. Yeah. And I could get addicted to literally anything. Give me too much string cheese and I'll eat it every day. You know what I mean? Like it's and just, people give me people every like day. Like you get addicted to people. Ooh, don't say that. <laughs> that's first of all, first of all, this is very rude. Uh, second of all, it's very true. So it's on my knee, but it's like, I'll get addicted to some people and then other people I'm like, no, no, unless I get Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I, I am the opposite of that. Like I, it's much easier for, are we boring you, Megan? <gasps> She's yawning. I, 
I'm just kidding. You had to get up early this morning for work. Oh my! I did, and I'm out of my Adderall prescription, so I feel like I'm on the fucking moon, like, all day today. Flashbacks. You're doing okay. You're doing great. I didn't mean to actually call you out. I just thought it was funny. I feel so attacked. I feel like I'm the neck, and like, the opposite. It's, I just will be done with people. I get that too, though, because I get bored super easily. But you sent me that post about being a Libra, and that basically said, they get bored really easily. Yeah. People, which I totally do. Yeah. I just, I don't, I just never have had, like, an addict. I don't know. Which I'm very grateful for. Because I, I, I could have very easily gotten addicted to the handful of drugs that I've done. Yeah. I, oh my god. I want to do mushrooms. Can we do that? Because apparently that's supposed to help your anxiety. Can we just try it? <laughs> What for the podcast? I'm gonna go ahead. We're not trying. I would. I mean, have a fucking panic attack. Can we talk? Like, I guess side note, Megan. Can we talk about illegal drugs that we've done in the past? Is that like a? Yeah, I mean, there's no evidence. You can, you know, it's 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 an experience that you may or may not have had. It's hearsay. Okay. Yeah. I will say though, on the TikTok, the on did you say on the TikTok? (laughs) On like out. Like you're 90 years old on the TikTok. <laughs> I on the TikTok. On the because I meant it. Like on our TikTok. On our not on like on the TikTok for the podcast. Oh shut <laughs> up, I hate both of you. So on our TikTok, what about it? Not one person has seen the new video and it mentions cocaine, so I'm wondering if they like shadow banned it. Oh, I didn't think they could have. Yeah, yeah, because not one person has seen or viewed it. So I was like, "Mm." "Yep, that's we've definitely been shadow banned." Yep, yes, I love that. That means we on our third video. Yes, (laughs) circling back. Yeah, I would do mushrooms with you, but I have tried mushrooms. There's a drink that you Mm -hmm. can get, Mm -hmm. and I guess you can get it here. And I think we're gonna try that, but I don't know if it's like it's like kava root or whatever. But it's like. Supposed to help. I'll be fun with anxiety. Yeah, I, we'll see. I did it with a group of my guy friends, and we just laid on the roof. Oh yeah, <laughs> and watched we fireworks. These and two. watched fireworks. It was a lot of fun. I thought you were gonna say Finding Nemo, and I was like, that's even better. No, Touched but that would have been great. <laughs> no, we just watched fireworks and laid on the roof, and it was amazing. It's a very small dosage, just as like we didn't like fucking trip balls or anything. But I could never. Also, fam no. bam. Fun fact: if any fam bams. Look- Family's listening oh. right now. <laughs> Sorry. It's not the you. It's me. Oh. <laughs> I say um a lot. Now I'm going to think about it. It's my transitional word. You have to, whenever you're going to say um, just take a breath. Because that's... Because silence, silence is better? Yeah. Well, I mean, because like, it's your brain stalling to get to the next thing. Copy. She's so good. She's a smart lady with kitty ears. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Also, I would like to point out that I went to Five Below and I found some headphones with cat ears and I totally bought them. So whatever. We're twins now. Aww. (laughs) I love that for you guys. Mine was more because I thought it would be a good character for love. (laughs) For whatever I do. (laughs) For work. (laughs) I was like, for Halloween? What are you trying to say? No. For (laughs) stuff and things. Yeah. For stuff and things. For some stuff. None of your business. Literally none of your business <laughs> until we create an episode about it. It's for cosplay. It's for cosplay. Yeah. I basically... I Ashley like, loves Comic-Con. It's pretty much my favorite thing ever. Uh, yeah, it works for me. Oh, I'll my be, God. Which one's the brunette? Sailor Mercury? Sure, that's me. 
That one. I've never watched anime. I don't know. I've only seen a few. I don't know. Like the 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 original stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. What you know, like Dragon Ball Z? Nah, like I, I guess I've heard of them. I never watched them. Okay. I heard, I've heard of Sailor Moon. Yeah. Is that the same show? It's a good one. No? Is it not of Dragon Ball Z, but didn't you say something Pokemon? about it? No. I wasn't allowed to. Don't ask me Did the reasoning. Have? Don't ask me the reasoning on that one. I don't know, but I was yeah, never. Yeah, that's wild. When Pokemon Go came mm-hmm. out, I downloaded it for a hot minute, but yeah. it, like I didn't have any nostalgia towards it, so I was like, you just walk around? I don't understand. My ex really want when we were together, that's when it came out, so like I was walking around doing it with him all the time, and I'm like, it's so hot. Why are we here? Why are we doing it? <laughs> You hate the sun. I really... Okay, that's another thing that affects my anxiety. Being too hot makes me so anxious. So being outside here and everyone's like, let's go to the pool. And I'm like, why? I'm going to freak out the whole time. No? You don't feel that way? I fucking hate the sun. Thank you! Meanwhile. I'm like, you can tell the difference between who goes outside and who does not. (laughs) By our skin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also just like a darker person. I mean, I probably could. I just get freckles. I get a fuck ton of freckles if I go to sleep. Aw. Thank you. I love them. I, I commented on them the other day. I really You really them. did. Yeah. It's because I didn't filter my Snapchat. I you. loved it. <laughs> That's how you know you're real friends when you don't use a filter. <laughs> Honestly, it's disgusting. I hate myself. Can we all, can we normalize not using filters? Honestly, really we all have real faces. Honestly, I'm, I'm so over it. I got bags under my eyes. I've got a shit ton of freckles. All right. I got chocolate chip lips. That's just what it is. What does that even mean? I got freckles on my lips. Oh. <laughs> And I a did. lot of people would make fun of me when I was younger. They're like, you want chocolate on your face. And I'm like, no, it's just my face. Okay. That's sad. That's something I'm insecure about. That's so mean. <laughs> Which is why I like filters. <laughs> <laughs> when filters came out, you were like, yes. Honestly. My time to shine. Honestly. <laughs> but Tim fucking calls me out on it constantly. One of the regulars at the bar used to work yeah. at. Calls me out on using filters all the time. And so I had to post one Instagram picture. And I was like, no filter for you, Tim. He's the one that told me I say like too much. We're going to call him out. Tim. (laughs) He was just really excited when he listened. He's going to love this. When he listened to the first episode, he was so hyped that none of the red flags we mentioned he had. And I was like, oh, do you want us to do a whole episode about your red flags, Tim? Because we could. We We absolutely could. (laughs) The one person we're not filtering their name. He goes by his, like, weird nickname anyways on, like, anything online. I won't say that one. Oh, okay. You know which one I'm trying Like, because... Yeah. Yeah. No, but I thought about yeah. yeah. Plus, there's, like, 8,000 Tims. True. In, like, but a three-mile... <laughs> yeah, he will. <laughs> we didn't say anything bad, just that he doesn't like your filters and me saying the word like. He's just one of those people. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> do you have any anxieties or fears that you acknowledge are irrational? Being in the grocery store was okay. one of them, but I, I was doing um, Instacart and DoorDash and stuff, so that's definitely helped me, but I definitely know it's not, this is my thing. The more I think about it, the more I realize that everybody around me feels pretty similarly to how I do, Yeah. especially in our age group. I feel like, and I don't know exactly what it is or how we all as this group became this way. I think a lot of it is food-based and the chemicals they put in our food, plus technology and and just having our foot like facing a phone all day but like somehow this whole group of people ended up pretty anxious yeah so i tried to just think that but yeah i guess being in a grocery store but that's it helps to think that everyone has anxiety like i do too (laughs) what about you i can't think of an anxiety off the top of my head 
maybe this is an anxiety. Um, I have a fear. This is probably an anxiety that when I... what? It's like really people laugh at me when I tell them about this I'm one. I'm not going to laugh. So you are going to laugh. No, I'm not. So when I go to take my garbage out to the dumpster, yes. I'm always afraid when you lift that lid up, someone's going to jump out at me. Well, you know, I really understand it. I get it. It makes sense <laughs> no, it's, to me. No, it's super irrational. Well, you know what would make sense though is if you lived in my Oh, 100%. Complex. Every time I drive over here, I'm like, oh my God. You should have seen. There was in the ghetto. 12, there was literally 12 people around the dumpster over there. And then the police were called for this one lady who was inside of my dumpster for like two hours. And um, why would you tell me this story? <laughs> I literally just told you what my irrational fear was, and then you told me a story about that fear. She left it open. So you'd see her beforehand. She was on crack. She was probably really nice. It was just like, mm, that's terrifying. <laughs> Two things. One, I um, share this dumpster fear because really? see? I, I, I mean, somebody popping out, that's not. It doesn't fall into my category, but just going out to the dumpster once. It was at my old apartment, and there was a man, and he was standing there, and he was digging through the garbage, and I had to throw my garbage away. And he was, like, really drunk, and he turned to me, and he was like, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, I'm out. Did he also say it's Fat Albert after? Like, he was was digging around. I don't know what he was doing. (laughs) I hate that. Okay, Okay, that brings me to this. What about bowling? Do you have anxiety over bowling? Yes. I hate it. I love I love and hate it. I love I love bowling. I actually just saw a bunch of people that went bowling this weekend. Like I bought, saw a bunch of stuff on their stories. I love bowling. <sighs> but I do have anxiety about it. Everyone behind me watching me makes me so uncomfy. But like fun fact, no one's watching you. I don't watch the I portion. Watch people. I, do. I don't. Well, I guess that like if I'm out bowling, like we're drinking and whatever. So like the group of us are all talking. Okay. I get okay. This is this is a Virgo thing. I get super irrationally angry when I bowl and it's a really good one. I get a spare strike and I turn around and no one saw it. I get so mad. You- I'm like, no one, no one is going to high five me because no one saw me get a strike. I get real mad. I don't know. It makes me uncomfy. Megan, you don't feel that way at all about bowling? I I would call myself a professional bowler. I love that. Really? Yeah. Oh, my fuck. <laughs> I, like, I was in bowling league for, like, my entire <laughs> childhood. Yeah. I think I was, too, for a little while. I'm pretty sure I was. But, but if you would have asked me a few months ago how I liked bowling, um, I would have said I haven't gone bowling since I was sexually assaulted at the bowling alley. <gasps> I'm sorry. Oh man! <laughs> but I'm, oh, dude. Therapy works. Therapy <laughs> I love bowling works. now. <laughs> See, and that's why when everyone gives me a hard time about us making jokes about our trauma, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you clearly just have not worked through your trauma no, because, like, sure not. we can talk about it and reference it. You're the only one uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable. Like those right. of us that have worked through our shit are not uncomfortable with talking about it. Right. Exactly. So anytime co- someone comes at me about being like brutally honest about that, I'm like. Not to say I've worked through everything. No, absolutely not. Lots of work to do. But I think that's just forever. We all have work to do um, forever. 
I'm sorry to say this, but I accidentally crocheted a penis. <laughs> there was no accidental. I love that so much. Can like right now while you we were doing this. Me one. Why are you crocheting <laughs> while we're recording? Why is it a we are so penis? we are so boring to her. Wait a minute. Why is it a hooked penis? What are you used to? Okay, well, okay, this is my first time crocheting and I was like watching a video because I can't focus because I don't have my medicine and I crocheted a dick and it's all wonky and I don't know what I'm doing. I love Honestly, you know what you should do is totally make it a dick now and put a face on it and just like send it to me and it'll be in the background of our video. Oh hell yeah! I think just lean into it. Yeah. Okay. I think that I think that's the way to do it. But I've been holding this for like half an hour, just looking (laughs) at it, staring at the dick, and like fun fact, like the yarn she's using is hot pink. (laughs) So it's pretty perfect. All I'm saying. I love that so much. Oh, goodness. I want to take a little bit of a serious turn because we've done a lot of anxiety talk. Uh-oh. Just a little bit. Okay. Just a little bit because it's an anxiety and depression episode. Tell me. So we've talked a lot about our anxieties. Yes. Funny and not, you know. Depression. Wah, wah, yeah. So we will probably get mm-hmm. more into our own in the next episode. Yeah. Because spoiler alert, it's about our dead boyfriends. So that we can stop like referring to it and no one knows what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that was like the closest I have like for my depression was like the six months after Corey died. Yeah. Where I didn't want to do anything. I drank a lot. Yeah. Like a box of wine every couple of days and didn't want to do anything. And I won't say that I ever made like a real plan because I didn't. I never made a plan, but I definitely thought. About not being here anymore. Yeah. And I guess I'll just like like say the taboo word that no one wants to say that like I definitely thought about killing myself. Yeah. There's never a real plan. But it was always something that was just like it would be so much easier to not be here. And I don't want to. So have you ever had like a gotten to a point like that? Um, I definitely have. I know, I like I said, never made a plan. And I feel like that's why when I went to the hospital, it bothered me so much. They were asking because yeah. like. Yeah, have I thought about it? Sure. Have I, am I going to go all 13 reasons why on myself? No. No, I'm not, you know? So, and I think part of that is, at least for me, was living on this side of, obviously, Corey didn't kill himself. Right. But, like, living on this side of someone I loved and cared and lived my life with, passing away, Mm -hmm. and everything I felt, Mm -hmm. I knew that all it would do was transfer that to every person around me. And that was her. I, there's no way I could have ever gone through with it. I agree with that. And while I was like in my feelings about all of that and like thinking about some of those things, I also went, and this might not be the way to think about it, but I was like, well, I want to live for him. He can't live. I'm going to live for him. You it know what me I mean? T- it took me way longer to get there. I don't know. I just fucking, it was just one of those, like one of the first things for some reason yeah. that I just, I felt, I was like, all right, he can't be here. So I got to figure out how to make that happen for him. Yeah. I just wanted to be like a little bit serious note because it is, no, you know, for sure. it's yeah. every, you know, it's, it's easy to be like, I have anxiety and depressed, like, oh, I'm depressed sometimes. But then like, there are some people that really, really struggle mm-hmm. with living every yeah. day. And I haven't personally known anybody that has gotten to that point. I haven't. So I don't have any like experience for that at all. I don't know if mm-hmm. you do. I mean, not anyone close to me. I have family members who have had family members of theirs commit suicide, but... I reached out to one of my really good friends. He was actually really good friends with Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, they worked together back in our Wisconsin days, and he and I have reconnected over the last couple of years. And I reached out to him because one of his 
best friends committed suicide. And I just, I asked him, I was like, if you just could give anything, because I really have no frame of reference at all. And I read through what he said, and I'm not going to like get into specifics or details of any of the parties. I just wanted my own kind of understanding going into this, this topic. Because it is so crazy how, for the most part, I even asked him, I was like, is there anything in hindsight that hindsight, you know, it's so easy to look back and say, these are the the signs. I was like, is there anything in hindsight that stuck out? And for so many people, it's not. It's not. I think that that people that are truly not wanting to be here anymore. They don't say anything. No, they don't want people to have any idea because they don't want anyone. I never would have. Yeah, because they don't want anyone to to try and stop them, right? (laughs) Right, So. I asked and he was like, no, there was, there was absolutely nothing. He's like, of course I, and this is what I asked him for too, is like his perspective. So if anyone's listening that has thought about it seriously, this was kind of his perspective being someone that lost one of his best friends was he beat He said he, he beat himself up about it yeah, for months saying, what should I have done? What could I have done? <clears throat> what didn't I see? And it's really changed the way that he now interacts with other people. Mm-hmm. So when he, like, friends that he has now, he he wrote to me that if he's like, oh, how you doing? And someone's just like, I'm good. He doesn't just leave that alone. Yeah. Like, he always will ask a, a follow-up question to that, which is something that I've never thought about, just because I'll be like, oh, I'm fine. Like, everything's yeah. fine. But for people that have lived through that trauma, and I really respect him for this, is he's like, I won't leave it at that. I'll always inquire one step more to be like, is there, but is everything okay? Like, every so that's been something that's that he's he's implemented in his life now, but he, he said that it was really, there was a lot of guilt and shame and like, he just felt bad, you know? Yeah. And so none of us ever know why anyone gets to that place. Yeah. Especially if like, they don't say anything. Megan's face in her hand. Yeah. No, just kind of going off of that. Like one of my closest friends, it's coming up on 10 years that she, she decided to end her life. And it's definitely like that, thing where you just you never see it coming because usually everybody will put up you know that a front and I think that's can be said for anybody even us three we put up the mask and we're just like because we don't want anybody to pay attention to us because we're doing fine and it gets easier and easier with social media right To create an even faker front of what your life is actually like and how happy you are. And look at how great everything is. You know, it's just this spiral. I think that's one of the reasons I stopped. I really stopped using social media last year, except for TikTok, which I wasn't really posting. I was just like scrolling because I just, I had no, I had no front to put on at that point. I was like, I don't even have the energy to pretend that I'm okay right now. So I think that's the hard part too is, is. We all do, like you said, put on a face and put on a front for people. But man, it's so much nicer to just like let your guard down and just be able to be yourself. You know, well, and you and I talk about that a lot prior to the podcast. And part of why we did this was yeah. we're like so, so many more of us are actually going through things yeah. than you think. Yeah. So many of us actually have stuff going on and are unwell and have things that we can all relate to each other with that it, it would be so much healthier if all of us could just be honest about that. Absolutely. Then, so much no, everything's great. Look at all, look at my Instagram and all these fun things that I'm doing. And yeah. like, even right now with us, we're really focused on promoting the podcast. So yeah. that's a lot of what we're doing. And, and it, it looks like everything is great and wonderful. But on the flip side of that, there are real things going on in our lives mm-hmm. and anxieties and fears and stressors. Oh, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's, 
that's fundamentally, I think one of our main goals for this podcast and why we chose to do this was we wanted a space where we were just completely open and blunt and honest about things that people will most likely relate to, but don't know how. Yes. Don't, don't want to say, or don't know who to say it, or don't have someone they feel that they can be honest about that stuff too. We just wanted people to feel heard basically and, and seen in their, their stuff. Yeah. Cause we all have it, whether we want to, be honest with ourselves or not. And it's not fun doing it alone, but also at the same time, you have to do some of that work alone in order to get better. Because if you rely on other people to make you feel better, then you kind of stay in the same place. I think that's more of a temporary change, right? If you are wanting to get better for someone else, that's not, yeah, that's not a a foundational change. That's a a temporary change for this other person that will most likely not be long-term. And if you guys don't end up together or whoever, if it's not a friend or or whatever, whatever. if you guys fall out in any way, then you feel like, ah, you know, it's like knocked back back 73 steps instead of working on it yourself. Right. Exactly. But then it's all, it's hard when you're in some of those dark places to even take that first step. So that's, it's just this vicious cycle of how do you get well enough and okay enough to, to choose to want to be better. Right. That is one of the hardest, hardest parts, I think. And I think a lot of that is you get to your lowest point and either you choose the way that we were talking about earlier or you choose to get up, you know what I mean? And that's the hard it's a struggle to just do that. You know, it's a hard struggle to get out of bed every day sometimes. And that's okay. You know? And, and I think, I think that's the hard part too, is people criticize the fact that you stay in bed all day, or you can only wash one dish today, or you didn't shower today. Like, so what? You did something. If you did one thing, awesome. If you didn't, awesome. Yeah. As you're here still. Yeah. You know what I mean? What frustrates me, I think is, and this, this is like a very specific thing that frustrates me is when people commit suicide or die by suicide, I think is, is the correct way to say it these days is die mm-hmm. by suicide. Most of the time it's kept very quiet. Mm-hmm. So it won't be announced anywhere. It won't be, there won't be a cause of death in an obituary. Like it will be very stuffed under the rug. Right. So then that's, that's our, our mindset going forward, right? If you're in a place where you want to commit suicide, you're not going to want to talk about it because no no one is okay talking about it and we're going to pretend it doesn't exist. Even after it happens. Right. So that's one thing that really frustrates me is not being honest when when that takes place, Mm -hmm. when someone dies by suicide and not being honest about what could we have done differently and let's talk about it and let's make some changes because it just further perpetuates people not feeling like they can talk about Besides the one time at the doctor when they get asked, oh, have you ever thought about um, taking your life? Like, it, it can be a part of a normal conversation yeah, with friends and people you care about instead of this super heavy taboo thing that no one wants to talk about. I agree. Because if we're more open about it, hopefully that can prevent, like you said, it from happening again or more or yeah. however it may be. Or at least making it more, by talking about it more, it destigmatizes it. Yeah. Which hopefully will make more people feel okay saying, Hey, can we talk? I don't feel, I am I unwell. Felt this. Yeah. But it's not instead of thinking that they have to keep it quiet because no one wants to talk about it and everyone's going to get weird and shut down and no one wants to hear about why I'm sad. And, right. and you know, 
it's just, it's a vicious circle and there's no right answer as of this point. It's just, we're all doing the best that we can. We definitely are doing the best that we can. (laughs) Every day. That is for sure. And it might not look the same every day, but every day you're doing the best that you can that day. And like I said, no matter what that looks like, girl, there are times that I have taken five days and have not showered and I'm good with that because anxiety is a bitch and so is depression and if you need to stay in bed all day that's what you do yep take care of yourself exactly I think we've you know covered a good deal of that I'm sure my anxiety hid some things because oh for sure because I like my brain doesn't work right sometimes so I'm like oh I think we'll have we're gonna have follow-ups I think to most of our episodes I would assume I already want to follow up to red flags because yeah. after we got done recording that one, since it was our first one and we truly had no idea what we were doing. And I was dissociating like the whole fucking episode. There's so much more I want to talk about. Yeah. So I think we can revisit so many of these topics. Absolutely. So I agree. But for now, goodbyes. Goodbye. Over 1 million people have thoughts of suicide each year. Our goal at Currently Anxious is to create a safe space and community for people struggling with a variety of traumas and issues. And most of all, to not feel alone. If you are struggling with thoughts of self-harm, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.